0: Sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in a World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs in the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said me out with the crowd! What's going on, Cubs fans? I am Sean Sears, and you're listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team, every day. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by BiltBar.com. Head to BuiltBar and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get yourself 20% off on your next order. That's BiltBar.com using promo code LOCKEDON. On today's episode, we are going through the Cubs affiliates. It was announced the... The Cubs have officially settled on their current minor league affiliates. There's really no changes there besides Eugene. It likely will be affiliated with another team this year, so the Cubs will stick with South Bend. So we'll go through those quickly. And then Matt Dory, the Cubs VP of Player Development, spoke with NBC Sports Chicago's Cup Talk podcast. So David Kaplan, Gordon Whitmire, I think Maddie Lee was involved in that conversation as well. Just talking with Dory and going through some of uh, the top prospects in the system. Cubs Insider went through and kind of keyed on a few Little tidbit story shared about some of these players. So we'll go through that in the first segment. And then in the second segment, we're going to touch on some of the key stories from the winter meetings that are ongoing. And we're also going to go through some of the potential replacements for Len Casper in the TV booth. So plenty to talk about here on today's episode of Lockdown Cubs, which you can get on any podcast provider, whether that's Google, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn app, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your car, wherever you listen, make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star review. And when you get into your car, tell your smart to play podcast, Lockdown Cubs. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. So we got an announcement today. We got some news yesterday. Tommy Birch was reporting that it was expected that the Cubs and other teams should be announcing their minor league affiliates for this uh, 2021 season. The Cubs today announced that the organization has invited the AAA Iowa Cubs, the AA Tennessee Smokies, the High A South Bend Cubs, and the Low A Myrtle Beach Pelicans to retain affiliates in Major League Baseball's new player development structure. And a quote from Dory: We are pleased to invite four of our longtime affiliates to continue working with us and help develop players. These four teams have combined to work with the Cubs for 66 years, and that is only possible strong ownership, hard work, front offices, and welcoming communities at each level of our system. We'd like to thank the Eugene Emeralds for their commitment and tireless effort to the past six years, highlighted by Northwest League titles in 2016 and 2018. We are grateful to Allen. Uh, Benavidez, Matt Dumpy, and the entire Eugene front office. So, uh, no surprise there. That was kind of what we heard throughout these last you know week or whatever. If you were paying attention to the affiliates, it sounded like the main four for the Cubs being the, the I-Cubs, the Smokies, South Bend Cubs, and Myrtle Beach Pelicans were all planning to stick around while the Emer- Eugene Emeralds would be likely moving somewhere else, which makes sense. It's the least, I guess, convenient, I guess, out of I guess the locations of the other minor league affiliates. Eugene obviously is in Oregon. Everyone else located around the Midwest or relatively close to it in Tennessee. And I guess South Carolina isn't as close, but yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but... uh Good to see these guys get this hammered out. It'll be interesting to see how that process works now, because obviously Major League Baseball is running the minors now. It is going to be a little bit different, so we'll have to get an idea of what that process looks like. But we did hear from Matt Dory, the guy who just gave these quotes. He spoke to the Cubs Talk podcast group uh, about some of the players in their system. Um, he was talking a lot about, uh, obviously, he he talked a ton about Brendan Davis and highlighted specifically about they love finding guys who who – struggle initially, but then fight through that struggle to, to find more success. He was talking heavily about Davis and then Chris Morrill, who are both considered some of the top players in the Cubs, I guess, I guess positional side for their system. They'll probably start the year at double a, uh, it's exciting that these guys, uh, yeah, Morrill and Davis, are probably the Cubs' two-top non-catching prospects on the positional side. There isn't a ton of pitching, obviously, yet in the high levels, but Dory does talk specifically about Adbert Alzale and Braylon Marquez. He talks specifically with Alzale about uh, seeing how he just felt like he was more comfortable for the first time, and that allowed him to feel like he truly belonged and that the success started coming through with that Marquez as well. He obviously he teased the idea saying he's a guy that I can see impact the major league roster in 2021. If he stays on this track that's been uh, that he's been on the last couple of years, very impressive. Obviously Marquez didn't get the chance to work in facilities because he was down in the Dominican before he came up to the South Bend site. So he was a little behind on some of these guys, but after focusing a lot on nutrition, weight training, just making sure he's healthy and in shape, uh, Felt like he was starting to get caught up, and obviously we got a taste of him a little bit towards the end of this 2020 season, despite it not being a great outing still. You could see the stuff was there. He struck out the now AL MVP, Jose Abreu. Pretty cool stuff. So, uh, He also mentioned a couple of their smaller guys, guys like, uh, he's not small, but maybe less known. Cole Franklin, a big guy with a ton of upside, a big, strong right-hander. He's actually really good friends with Brennan Davis. Um, That was cool to see him. Cam Sanders and, and Davis, I think, live together in Arizona right now. He talked a little about Justin Steele and how he has the chance to earn a bullpen spot this spring. And he also talked a lot about Ed Howard. More talking about the character of who that person is, less about his playing ability. That makes sense. He doesn't they haven't really had a chance to get an idea of who he is outside of a super talented kid from Chicago. So seems like he's a fit. I mean, we talked about him a couple days ago on the podcast and um he just He's so cool. I love Ed Howard, but <laughs> he's definitely a guy, with glimmering hope. Another guy that Dory mentioned in this draft class though was Jordan Nuagu. He's the third round pick outfielder from Michigan. He's got a guy. He's a guy with a ton of speed, uh, a really good a plate, or, uh, approach at the plate. He's been working a lot with Justin Steele, the the Cubs director of hitting this winter in Chicago. So that's awesome. Uh, Nuagu is a very cool dude. He has such a. He's a, he's not a guy you typically see play college baseball, but he's a guy that led off for the, the, the Wolverines, led them in home runs and RBIs and also walks a ton. Um, So profiles really well as a guy the Cubs love to pick up on. So he's a guy that's already turning heads despite, you know, just being drafted last year, but overall, a lot of good guys in this, in this group, you know, they didn't necessarily mention a ton on guys like Chase Strump or Corey Abbott, two guys we've seen, uh, you know, come through the system these last couple of years. He did mention Ben Leaper, who was an undrafted free agent closer out of Oklahoma State. He's missed the last two seasons due to Tommy John surgery, but was throwing in the near upper 90s, has a hard slider. And that was what people were seeing in the instructs for the fall league. And he's likely to be a factor at either high A or double A next year for the Cubs in the farm system. So a lot of pieces they like, but you still see a lot of pieces still years away we're talking about guys the Cubs top talent is probably still two three years away realistically so you've got some pitchers coming up in Elzelay and Marquez and that's great but obviously, if the Cubs are going to be making some moves off this roster, especially if they're trying to improve the offense, um, they're going to want some positional side guys to make their way up here soon. So this will be a big year for that. I think the Cubs will get a good idea of who's who's really going to be a, a piece they can rely on, who's a who's a guy they could keep in the minors, be a depth piece. So they'll get some more idea of who these players are because they've had to fill a lot of their upper levels of, uh, of their minor system this year with a lot of guys who are not necessarily journeymen or, or career minor league type guys, but guys that just haven't really reached that ceiling for the majors and stuck. Um, it's hard to tell what those guys can bring because they're all top prospects are all guys that obviously had some type of promise. Otherwise another team wouldn't have picked them up. So uh, weird to figure all that out, but we'll hopefully see in the next few months and as spring training starts to roll on, And shortly after that, we'll get a better idea of who some of these guys are, who are players that the Cubs are, are realistically looking hard on because we're going to see a lot more attention to the minors this year, just because the, Talent on field, at least for the minor majors, is probably not gonna be as enticing as it has been in years past. Uh speaking of talent on the majors, there was a article came out from Evan Altman at Cubs Insider today talking about the current projected trim of payroll for the Cubs is expected to be somewhere around forty to fifty million for twenty twenty one. Um, you're looking at the threshold here, like roughly the, te- the the CBA is actually jumping up to 217.7 million for 2020, which is almost a 10 million jump from the 2 to 208 from last year for the CBA for the tax the tax uh, threshold there, and that's that's great, that's a big jump, and that'll give the Cubs a little bit more room to play with. But at Altman talks throughout this; it's roughly somewhere between 43 to 54 less is going to be on this payroll, so roughly like 46 million is what Jed Howard is or Jed Howard. Howard's going to have to play with for this Cubs team. And right now they're at about 164, 156 uh, is the actual payroll. Their uh, CBT figures expected to be 164. So that means like the Cubs have about the 46 to 50 million to play with. You've got to assume the Cubs will probably keep a buffer of 10 million. That's what Evan Altman is putting out. So realistically the Cubs have about 36 million left to spend to improve on this team. And Altman doesn't seem very convinced they're going to spend all of that and eat a lot of it because he was saying that the Cubs, had they known they were going to be making more cuts on the player personnel side, um, they could have, or more cuts from the roster, they could have made less cuts in the front office. Obviously the Cubs let go of nearly a hundred employees from the player development and scouting departments um, just back in October. The Cubs could have saved money while also not cutting as many people from their you know staff essentially, um by moving some of these players. So he thinks that more money is coming off the books. That the Cubs are not only going to cut a little bit more, but also probably not spend as much as people might think, even though they've got, as we've talked about, 46 million to play with before they get to that to the threshold. They're not going to come anywhere close to the luxury tax this year. That's not going to happen. That's a hard cap for the Cubs, that 210. So they're not going to jump or two seventeen, excuse me. They're not going to go over that. We, we know that, but they're probably not going to come anywhere close to it, too. So they're going to try and upgrade as best as they can without spending as much money is really what Altman thinks. And when he lays out the fact that, you know, you talk about money coming in from the Cubs, from the expanded play, playoffs, you know ownership, seeing money from the $3.7 billion extension with Turner Sports, that Nets owner 65% of the annual postseason rights, which is a figure that's apparently going to line up nicely with a 37% salary level mentioned before in this article from Evan Altman. So like they're getting money left and right from this, the, the <laughs> from baseball, from baseball, they're getting so much money from TV deals from, from just the expanded playoffs alone, just the sheer fact that they're going to have merch to sell for the postseason season with more teams buying shirts with stupid catchphrases on them that are irrelevant in three days. Cough, cough, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, there's money here that these guys had. They're just not spending it. And Altman seems to think that the Cubs are not going to be putting much more money into this team, which if anything is a if anything we've seen so far as a precursor for what this offseason is supposed to look like, that seems to be tracking. And that's something we'll have to pay closer attention to. So we're going to talk about the winter meetings here in the second segment as well as go over some of the Len Casper replacements here on Lockdown Cubs. So stick around for more. Hey guys, Sean Sears here from Lockdown Cubs to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. I know I talk to you guys about this all the time, but Built Bar is not only one of the best tasting protein bars with flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. It's the new one I've been trying. Uh, those are all new flavors, but they've got their original flavors too, like peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. I love mint brownie. That's been my breakfast of choice the last couple years, or couple of years, couple of months now. But the bars are 100% covered in chocolate. Super easy. To you chew, soft, but the best thing about them is they're healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy, uh, losing weight, whether that's losing, maintaining weight. It's a nice treat to indulge yourself with. They're low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, high protein. It's great for the keto diet if you're trying to lose weight during a uh, quarantine here right now but take for instance the uh cherry baraka 17 grams of protein 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 grams of net carbs that is incredibly healthy for you is good for you obviously but also tastes really good it's a nice snack to have throughout the day it's better than me chewing on, like, I don't know, a donut. I'm a big fan of goldfish and chips and crackers. It's nice to be able to just eat one of these protein bars. I'm relatively full. I don't snack throughout the day, and I'm ready to eat dinner later on in the day. It's nice. I don't spoil my meal, and my girlfriend doesn't get mad at me when I don't want to eat the dinner she just made. But <laughs> Bilt Bar has the promo code locked on to get yourself 20% off your next order. So you head to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You save yourself 20% off your next order of Bilt Bars. They're delicious, they're nutritious, they're easy to bring anywhere on the go. Great snack for work from home. Head to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, save yourself 20% off, and give these guys a shout out. They've been doing awesome work for the Lockdown Network and are making some of the best protein bars you'll ever have. All right, here in this second segment, a quick little note here on the winter meetings. There has been not a lot going on for the Cubs right now at the moment, but some go, some stuff going on for the White Sox. They've signed or they traded Lance Lynn. They've uh, inexplicably signed uh, Adam Eaton. I guess it's not inexplicably. Like, he, he, he fits a role. They needed a lefty bat to play right field. Um but he had this interview with 670, this, or ESPN 1000, um, right after he signed. And he talked to, I think it was <laughs> Carmen and Yurko for like two minutes. They asked him about Tony LaRussa and if he thought his type of play style would mesh with the guys on the roster. And he said, that's it for me, guys. I gave you your two minutes and hung up. It got made a way bigger deal than it, than it actually was. But uh, what? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. He's your manager. I think that's a fair question. I don't know. Whatever. Adam Eaton seems like an asshole, but that's just me. But White Sox didn't pay him to be, you know, a nice guy. They paid him to go play right field and hit some baseball. So maybe he'll do that. Every White Sox fan I've talked to seems to think that Eaton's pretty toxic. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Um, but there are reports, apparently, that the White Sox don't seem to think they're going to be re signing, or people don't seem to think they're going to be re signing Alex Colomay, and that they've looked harder at Liam Hendricks. The other name I've heard pop up is Michael Brantley, which would be a bummer because. Brantley seems like a Cub target. Uh, There was a report floated out there that the Cubs had shown interest in him. I'm sure there's plenty of teams showing interest in Brantley, but he would seem to fit with the White Sox or the Cubs. Uh, I don't know. Beyond that, though, it sounds like the Mets are close to landing either uh, George Springer or possibly James McCann. So they're considering both those guys a little bit of uh, talk there. DJ LeMahieu's market, still kind of out there, but Luke Voigt put out uh, something, I don't know if it was on Twitter or whatever, I saw a pop-up saying he expected DJ LeMahieu to resign the, the Yankees, so that doesn't seem to be quite a fit. There are some questions about guys like Jackie Bradley Jr., who's going to be a free agent, obviously a really strong um, defensive center fielder, and the guy that I know the Cubs have definitely considered before, obviously with his his, his Boston background and Jed and Theo being pretty familiar with that guy. Another name I popped, I saw pop up today is Kevin Kiermaier. He's a 30-year-old left-handed gold glove center fielder that apparently the Rays might be considering trading for? Or trading? That would be an awesome fit. I love Kiermaier. I know the Rays are very interested in Wilson Contreras, and they do have plenty of pitching. If the Rays were to put together a package for Kevin Kiermaier that included Wilson Contreras and maybe some pitchers, Oh, baby, I'm I'm in. I, I don't want to see Wilson Contreras go, but that's an awesome trade. And to get a guy like Kiermaier, who's an excellent locker room leader, a guy that would just inc- dramatically increase his defense. Think of Kiermaier and Hayward in center field, or even just, even just Michael Brantley, or Michael Brantley too, but even Jackie Bradley Jr. and Hayward in center and right. That'd be nuts, but I'm all for it. There's no real report. It's not even a real rumor. Um, it's really just an article from <laughs> uh, the Tampa Bay Times saying, you know, like it or not, the time might be right for the race to trade Kevin Kiermeyer. So Michael Cerami put together kind of a, uh, a certain uh, a sort of trade rumor, sort of like what he thinks could make sense. Wilson Contreras, I feel like would be the guy that the Rays would absolutely be asking for in this deal. So if the Cubs really are very open to trading Wilson Contreras, this is a way you could get a top guy in Kevin Kiermaier for your defense and a pretty solid bat, as well as maybe get another maybe pitcher. The Rays have a tons of pitchers. They always seem to come out with a guy or two every year that just you know, turns heads, but the last couple of years it's been like seven or eight. Um, um, they've just been some of the best in baseball developing pitchers. So if they could get one of their younger guys, or maybe another they obviously they're not gonna get a, a Brett Honeywell type pitcher. They're not gonna get, you know, <laughs> no no top arm like a Blake Snell is gonna come over like, you know, Tyler Glass Gla- glass Glasnow, but maybe someone a little bit lower, maybe the next Tyler Glassnow. Who knows? But the Rays pitching is always something I'm very interested in hearing about. And if the Rays think they're good. Uh, they probably are. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm i interested in that. But that's kind of all that's going on in the winter meetings at the moment. There's not too much Cub-centric news. The White Sox have been a lot more aggressive than I think people were expecting them to be. And that's cool to see. But uh, it also, I think it is interesting to point out, too, that we're not seeing a massive drop in some of the numbers these guys are getting. It's not like they're getting chump change deals. These, these are legit winter meeting, you know, offseason deals. So that's good to see. Let's hope those trends continue. And then lastly, before we wrap up here, Len Casper's replacement. As much as I don't want to talk about this, uh, um, there was a report from Patrick Mooney and Sahad of Sharma yesterday from The Athletic. They kind of or not a report, but an article that kind of just went over some of the bigger names. They they talk heavily about Joe Davis, who's uh, a young up-and-coming broadcaster for the Dodgers who obviously replaced Vince Scully. Um, another name they mentioned, uh, they, they talk about like Matt Baskurgeon, John John Chiambi those aren't names I'm necessarily wild about Wayne Randazzo obviously a WGN uh former WGN broadcaster I think he spent time with the King County Cougars uh a guy that has been an, an anchor for 670 the scores very familiar with the Chicago land area I think he's from St. Charles East or something went to Naperville North or Naperville or North Central College in Naperville excuse me I'm from Naperville so I was trying to say the high schools um That could be an interesting name. I've never really listened to Randazzo, but it seemed like a lot of people in Chicago liked him. Another name I've heard they mentioned, Jeff Levering, who is Bob Eucher's current sidekick. Uh, He spent time with the AAA Pawtuck Red Sox affiliates and then has spent time with, a uh, few other broadcasts through their system as well. But he's a guy that could make sense, and I liked. Kevin Kugler was another name I saw mentioned, along with Chris Myers. Um, don't really want Chris Meyer. I'm sure he's going to be involved at the broadcast one way or another regardless. Kugler, for those who don't know, he actually was the broadcaster for the Bears-Lions game on Sunday and uh, last Sunday where the Cubs or the Bears absolutely screwed that up. But I actually was thinking during that broadcast, I like this broadcaster, Kevin Kugler, not bad. I think he's from Chicago as well. But those are some of the names. Realistically, though, I think whoever steps into this role is, is going to have just a tough time, especially with Casper being like eight miles south from Wrigley, um, calling games on the radio. It's not like Len Casper's gone to a different team or a different city. He's just moved to, uh, you know, the south side, and that's going to be a bummer. So it's going to be tough to whoever steps in his shoes. Brian Anderson was another name I heard thrown out there from a few other fans. Um, you know, there's gonna be some real interest in this. It already has been. I best of luck to whoever takes this job, but it's uh, it's gonna to be tough to fill Len Casper's shoes. And it should be, because Len's awesome. So, but that will do it here for today's episode of Lockdown Cubs. Make sure if you guys have not yet you are subscribed to whatever podcast app you use. Um, and make sure you when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Cubs for all the great content. And then make sure you're following us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. But thanks for tuning into your guys' daily Cubs podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly.